Hello, my name is Dean Bobar, and I am the Adult Life Minister at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. As a church, we are seeking to cultivate a vibrant community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world so our neighbors may also experience God's goodness. You're listening to our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. This week's podcast unpacks the book of Esther. It is the last of the post-exilic historical books. Along with First and Second Chronicles and Ezra and Nehemiah, these books share a similar perspective. Together, they seek to understand what life after exile looks like with God. The book of Esther is concerned with the preservation of God's people in post-exilic times. The focus is on life with God for God's people, exiled from the promised land. Let's explore the book of Esther and the mysterious ways God preserves his people. We'll talk first about the story and then the message in light of the story. We can explore the story of a biblical narrative by looking at its settings, characters, and events. Let's start with the setting of the story. It's important to set the book in relation to Ezra and Nehemiah. The book takes place during the approximate 60-year gap between the end of chapter 6 and the beginning of chapter 7 of the book of Ezra. We can also locate the events of the story during the reign of the Persian emperor Ahasuerus, also known as Xerxes to history, who reigned from 486 to 465 BC. To get even more specific, the story mostly unfolds in Susa, the capital of the Persian Empire at this time, with the events focused on the royal court. You see, this is a story of court intrigue. Next, let's deal with the characters. The main characters in the story include Ahazares, Vashti, Haman, Mordecai, and of course, Esther. Vashti begins the story as the reigning queen who falls out of favor with the king and who is replaced by Esther. The protagonists or heroes of the story are Mordecai and especially Esther. The antagonist or villain of the story is Haman. Ahuzares is the powerful but easily swayed king. Finally, we can speak of the story's events. The events of the story revolve around the plot of Haman against Mordecai and the whole Jewish people. Mordecai doesn't give Haman the respect and honor he thinks he deserves. So Haman takes action to kill Mordecai and his people by securing a decree from the emperor against the Jewish people. Haman doesn't know, however, that Esther, the queen, is a Jew. Mordecai and Esther work together to stop this plot and are successful thanks to God's mysterious providence. It's really a beautiful, well-told story as you make your way through it. In light of the story, we can discern the message of the book of Esther. The message is that God sovereignly preserves God's people. In the past, this involved great acts of God that were visible on the political stage. But now, God's sovereign hand is a bit more mysterious. One prominent feature of the book is that there's no mention of God, his name, his presence, or his activity, or even religious activity. This has been a very puzzling fact to most readers of the book. It's most likely the case that this was done for the purpose of highlighting 
the invisible hand of God in preserving his people. Since God seems to be absent, you are prompted to view the preservation of the Jewish people as the mysterious providence and protection of God. God has kind of like gravity in the book. You know that there's a force involved, but you can't see the force itself. Previously, God had preserved the people of Israel in very miraculous and visible ways. But now you need to look carefully to see, quote unquote, God's hand in ordinary life. The Jews themselves saw God's hands in the whole story and celebrated the Feast of Purim in remembrance of this, as we hear about it in, at the end of the book. And this feast is a major reason for why this book was written. Let's explore perhaps some of the most well-known verses that give us a window into the story and message of the book. These verses are Esther chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, which read, Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. From these verses, you get a sense of the danger that Mordecai and Esther and all the Jews are in. Esther will not escape because she's in the king's palace. It may be, however, according to Mordecai, that she has this royal position in the Persian kingdom for such a time as this. In other words, Mordecai is seeking to discern God's sovereign hand behind the scenes, quote-unquote. We can also note Mordecai's trust in God's deliverance, whether it comes through Esther or comes from, quote-unquote, from another place. God was still protecting his people. It now took on a different shape after God's people had been exiled and were now a subject people once again. The book of Esther is a reminder for us as Jesus' disciples concerning the mysterious ways of God in the world. God continues to work behind the scenes for the sake of his people, the church. We too can trust in God's sovereignty in a world that is hostile to God's people. However, we must also remember Jesus' blessing on those who suffer for their faithfulness to Christ, which we hear about in Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12, which are, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You see, God's commitment to preserve his people does not exclude the individual suffering of some of his followers. This was true in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant, and it remains true for us under God's new covenant in Christ. Thanks so much for joining us for our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our Year in the Bible campaign to subscribe or learn how you can become engaged with us as a church, please visit us at cpchb.org.